0: Welcome to the Brand Shepherd podcast. This is a product-focused podcast that will explore the various approaches, best practices, expertise, and experts for products, guided and brought to you by Brand Shepherd. We are a product-focused, cross-category creative agency that develops strategies that come to life through diligent process and design. This podcast is hosted by Brand Shepherd co-owner and creative director, Dan Krask. Now here's today's episode. Hey there, my name is Dan. I am a co-owner of Brand Shepherd. Really happy that you've come back to this podcast and uh, sit back and enjoy season number two. Where we're talking about all of the things that go into building a brand. In the first episode, we talked about the brand's voice. And in this episode, we're going to cover customer personas. First, right out the gate, I want to tell you how to get in touch with Brand Shepherd. You can find us online at brandshepherd.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-S-H-E-P dot com. you can find us on instagram and linkedin a little bit of twitter a little bit of facebook but mostly instagram and linkedin are where we're hanging out these days I invite you to connect with us if you need to get in touch you can hop on the website and you can find our phone number and a contact form there to uh to find out how we might be able to answer some questions for you or find out uh, maybe some areas that we could uh we could possibly work together but i always like to lead with uh, getting in touch with us because sometimes people just want to know hey you know how do i in touch with you and I don't want to have to scrub through the whole episode just to find that at the end. So there you go. That's how to get in touch with us. So if you've gone through the first episode, you have heard how to create uh, and the importance of the brand's voice, how it speaks, how it talks, and how that relates to just being the foundation ingredient to building a really good product brand. In part number two here, ingredient number two, we're going to talk about customer personas. So you have your you have your brand voice and that voice needs an audience, right? I mean, you're going to have to talk to someone eventually. So that's why, that's why we put this as the number two, that this is the, the second ingredient in the, the building of a brand. And the reason why this is important is that when the brand speaks using that well-developed brand voice that we talked about in step number one, uh, it's going to be heard by people that you want to engage with your product. You want these people to buy your product. And we want to make sure that we know who they are. We want to make sure that as part of uh, having crafted the brand voice, that we understand at a deep level who the who the people are behind this uh, this crafted brand voice that we want to speak to. What are their values? What are their tendencies? What kind of lifestyle do they have? And let's make sure that our brand speaks to that. Let's make sure that we don't sound like we're totally aloof to what's actually happening and so there's a there's an importance here of understanding the the people that are going to make up uh, the users and the buyers of your particular product now to do this we have to do something that's a tad controversial right now and that is we have to create some personas that are made up of tendencies of people groups and in other language, like in media language, for, for instance, this is referred to as profiling, where we're taking tendencies, habits, known data, and we're, we're saying, okay, here's a, here's a persona, here's a people group that we know because of data, because of uh, just observation, uh, who tends to buy our products, things like that. Like, this is the type of person that tends to make up our product. I just want to make sure that you, the product owner, tries to avoid this third rail of uh, positioning what we're about to do, in that you don't want to refer to it as profiling, because that would offend people and and it would get in the way of the work that's actually useful to the brand. Yet, that is what we're doing. We're creating a profile of people and uh, people groups, and that is essentially what creating customer personas is. So, specifically, Customer personas, they're a mix of demographics and habits together, and that's what creates a customer persona. The persona is not a specific person. It's an average. It's an ideal person that would love to buy this product from the brand. The customer persona has all the demographic and habitual data that makes our brands offering attractive and needed. It's part of their lifestyle. It's part of the things they value. Um, It's always best, though, that the customer persona be written out or documented or captured in some kind of way so that it's something that everyone involved, all the stakeholders involved with the brand can gather around and say, yes, those are our customer personas. Those are our customers that we want to attract to this particular brand. So an example of this might look like this. Uh, Jack Doe, he's a blue collar man, aged between 32 and 45, drives a pickup truck, loves to hunt, and is fiercely patriotic. As part of Jack's daily rituals, he loves a good meaty meal, and he will prefer steak, brisket, pulled pork, or a hamburger over a salad any day. Jack's living spaces are populated with products that use simple visual branding. He doesn't go for loud, clever, or modern, minimalistic design. He likes bold, earthy, simple colors, and is proud to display logos that align with those values. A good example of Customer Personas too is uh, the sport of basketball. Um, I sometimes like to watch basketball and listen to it on the radio sometimes because I have no idea what the announcers and advertisers are talking about. Um, When they talk about the different actions that go into playing the game of basketball, I just have no idea. I'm blissfully ignorant while I'm listening to this. Um, It's a sport that's just... Full to the brim of language and assumptions about the people listening and watching the game that absolutely makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yet, the people listening to it, the people who love basketball, it makes total sense to them. When people talk about basketball as it's being played or they're talking about um, analyzing a game, um, there's a whole lexicon of language there that, under, that people who know the game of basketball can make sense of it. And so that is how a brand... And that's how like a brand category can speak effectively to their customer personas. Very well defined, and you have a sense of what language to use and what language not to use, whether it's in the basketball example or the Jack Doe example where we've got a, a blue-collar guy. Um, those are two really different examples of how you would position a brand to speak effectively to them. So when you start to create your customer persona, like I said, there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can start off by using one of the new and emerging online tools that takes specific faces out of it, or you can do it the uh, the tried and true method, which is to start with a whiteboard or a blank piece of paper, and just create some columns and start with customer persona number one. This is the person, these these are the people groups, known traits, known habits, what here's what they value, here's here's a age range they tend to fall into. And start there. That's a pretty easy way to do this. Specifically, if you sell online, this is just wonderful information. You can go into your customer database and you can start just pulling data out and uh, putting into groups the different uh, people buying your product and understanding like what is it that they buy, how are they, um, how are they doing, it? when, what time of day, uh, what age groups is it? More women than men. Uh, for the men what age groups for the women what age groups things like that you can you can use immediately if you sell online that that that, that information is going to be available to you however let's say that you're an existing brand and you're trying to expand your portfolio of products and you're going to you're going to launch a new product that hasn't necessarily been tried before it still belongs with your brand but it just hasn't been tried before and what's going to happen is you're going to do a lot of guessing You're going to have a targeted demographic, a targeted customer persona that you want to go to market with. And maybe there's several. There could be, you know, two, three, four customer personas and varying tiers of importance. But uh, it's going to be a guesswork thing until you have actual data to work with from products being sold. It's going to be an informed guesswork. And that can get really interesting because over the years, as uh, as Brand Shepherd has worked with a number of brands and, and startup brands that have launched new products, we always start off with these ideal customer personas, and more often than not, it ends up being very different than what we thought it would be. Occasionally, we get it right. Occasionally, it's it's like oh, you know, well, this really resonates. But more often than not, um, the age is a little bit older, or a little bit younger, or we skew more towards women or more towards men. It's it's those data variables that, that, uh, that skew one way or the other that ends up being different. And that's totally fine. Uh, unless you have the budgets of a Johnson & Johnson or a Procter & Gamble or uh, you know budgets like that uh, to fund really in-depth pre-launch uh, trials, you're just not gonna know. And that this is the way of the market. This is why products fail and succeed is because we have to go with our best guesses and go to market with that however once we have data to work with then it's time to refine then it's time to take that customer persona and get to know the actual people who are buying your products and start learning their traits and their habits and what other products are they buying how old are they where do they live things like that what's their average income all the stuff that you can probably figure out just from having sales data to work with so that's customer personas in the next segment, we're going to talk about something that I believe has been made infinitely more important and infinitely more complicated than it needs to be. Yet, it does add depth to a uh, creating a new brand, and it adds depth to what we have covered in parts one and two. In part three, we're going to talk about your why. By now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about "Start with Why," the the famous uh, Simon Sinek. TED Talk on Start With Why, the whole golden circle, all of that. That's your homework. If you haven't, go Google that. Simon Sinek, Start With Why, uh, because the why component of a brand's existence is all the rage and has been for a number of years, yet I think it's snowballed into something that is probably more um, complicated than it needs to be. And I'm going to simplify it for you. And it's going to be very, very practical information. So I hope you tune in for episode number three in this series. And that's today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Here in season number two, we're talking about how to build a brand and we're going over several ingredients that go into that. If you want to reach us, you can go to brandshepherd.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D.com. You can message us through the website and we are very quick to reply. You can also find what we're doing through social media. Be sure to search us out wherever you happen to spend time on social media. Thanks again.